It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. So today I have Dre Holland with me. She is a online nutrition coach. Certified personal trainer. Certified personal trainer. Group fitness instructor. Group fitness instructor. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So we have her here today and uh, we were talking beforehand a little bit about the way um, people are learning is different. Um, So kind of just go into what is it you're working on today and, and we'll... We'll go there. I'll do a bit of a flashback to figure out how we got there, but <laughs> let's start. Good. Let's start with where we're at today. Um, so today, I am seeing clients in person, one-on-one training. Um, again, like I said, I'm a group fitness instructor as well, so I teach um, women's group fitness classes. Also, um, like I hit a high-intensity um, interval training class that we do here at Northington, um, and I do online diet and nutrition. So you mentioned Northington. Yes, sir. So. For those who don't know, kind of help us understand what is Northington, if I'm saying it right even. Yes. But what is it and how, do, how does that work in with, with what you're doing today? Okay. Um, Northington Fitness and Nutrition um, is actually, they do in-person and online training. It's a husband and wife, um, an amazing couple. So basically I was blessed with the opportunity to come to work for them. And so my online um, training is through them as well as the in-person training. So it's just a total body approach. We do competition prep, um, weight loss, um, bodybuilding, like anything you need. We're your one stop. Okay, awesome. So with with where you're at today, I mean, obviously it isn't like you were born doing this. Um, so let's kind of go back. I mean, has has fitness and exercise and diet and nutrition, is that something that, that is – something you've always done ever ever since you were a little kid is that something new no um actually i have struggled with weight my entire life i come from a family the majority of the people in my family are are overweight sadly some of them are severely overweight or obese um health issues diabetes kidney issues um heart issues so you know i mean fried chicken every Sunday. Like, no, I was never really in great shape. Um, I was athletic as a child. So I, you know, had exercise through sports, but as an adult, my whole entire adult life, I have battled, um, initially from polycystic ovarian syndrome when I um, was in my twenties. So I gained weight, um, because of that until I got it under control. Um, and then after my second child, I was on a complete bed rest pregnancy. And so when I delivered him, I was over 200 pounds. So my, my really big push for it becoming a lifestyle, um, was after that I was meeting with trainers, um, looking online, trying weight watchers, anything you could think of to try to lose the weight. And I just found so much conflicting information that one day I decided, you know what, I'm going to get certified. I'm going to figure out the right way to do it and I'm going to lose weight. So my love actually became or my passion for it became when I was completely at a place where I could not stay. I did not want to be overweight. Um, I didn't want to be that mom that was hiding all the time and didn't want to go, you know, be in mom's groups or be around other women because I was weight and gross. <laughs> not happy in my own skin, let's say that. Just not, I had no confidence. So I'm, I'm assuming that it didn't, 
again, I'm going to kind of bringing you back. You, nice. You're really good. Jumping at, all over. <laughs> you, you're really good about bringing us to where you are today. But I, w- I want to kind of help everybody understand kind of the journey to getting to this. So you had mentioned that you had had gained weight yeah. due to some medical issues. You talked about uh, your second son right. and being on bed rest. How do you go from from being on bed rest? I mean, obviously, you, you you felt like you you needed to do something, right? But what what are the steps that you take to did you take um, to get to the to that first step? What was the first step that you decided to take? Uh, first step was just getting the information. What do I need to do? Um, and there was phases in that as well because initially I became a cardio bunny, so counting every calorie, cardio watching every. Bunny. That's what I like to call. All I wanted to do was just run. Okay. Do cardio, be as okay. skinny as possible. I was, you know, training, trying to do races. Just, I just wanted to be skinny. That was my mindset. Get as skinny as you can, get as little as you can. So just okay. kind of really, really restrictive, not even healthy eating initially, just probably not eating enough, honestly, and, and overtraining. Oh, wow. So how did you go from being, <laughs> as you called it, the cardio bunny? Uh, actually, an injury kind of sidelined me because I was running so much. Um, I had stress fractures. And so I ended up in a boot. And then it was kind of, well, what can I do? Um, so kickboxing and taking kickboxing classes or weightlifting classes at the gym, kind of where you get to add weights in with your cardio. And I met a girl there. Um, her name was Shafa. And she lifted. She was on the floor with the guys. And it was such a cool idea that I was kind of like okay, let me join you. And so she showed me what she would do. She let me borrow her gloves. And, and a few times a week, I'd kind of venture off of the cardio equipment. And when there wasn't too many guys, I'd go on the floor with her. <laughs> so, so you, you, you go, go from running races and overtraining to a point where you, you get hurt to starting to go on the floor. What, what got you into that cardio area? I mean, it, it's, I think just you don't from sitting, know from sitting at home <laughs> to overtraining. What what was like that first step to to really getting involved in in the right. movement? Um, honestly, I think after being bedridden for four months, you just want to move. So it's baby in the stroller. Let's go out for a walk. Okay, you know, every night taking walks with both of my kids and my oldest at the time would be on his bicycle. Just you know, trying to just incorporate being out of the house um, and moving to, okay, now I want to move, but I want to be smaller. Like, how do I do that? So, and I think it goes in stages too of people that you meet because a lot of the, you know, women in my neighborhood would run or running was the thing, trail running or let's do this race or let's do that. So I think kind of just catching the wave or, you know, what's trending okay. at the time or what I was exposed to maybe. Okay. So, so I, I, I think it's important that they understand that you didn't go from being in bed no. to running a race. No, and absolutely not. It really was kind of just, I think initially, honestly and truthfully, I was excited to move. I was, I mean, my body was gross. I had carpal tunnel in both hands. I just, I wanted to move. So it started with that. And then just, then the obsession with, I want to be smaller. And so really I didn't have a goal or a body shape or a body type. I just wanted to be smaller. I wanted to lose weight. So, no, I didn't. It started just walking, which turned into walk running, which, you know, then, oh, my goodness, there's this stroller strides group that meets in the park. And so you can bring your baby in the stroller and do walking lunges or, you know, abs while holding your infant. So so it really became more of a like a social support system. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just okay. being out and meeting people and, you know, wanting to, to socialize. And I think 
being on bed rest and then having two kids and, you know, I'm out here and I'm not with any family. So it is, it's just, it's a chance to socialize. So working out, I guess for me is, is a lot of social. I talk a lot. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So as you go through that and you start to do the, the stroller strides and you start running and then participating in races and then going to the gym and then meeting this, uh, and I apologize. I can't remember her name. Her name is Shatha. Shatha. Okay. <laughs> All right, Shatha, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will not forget it now. I always laugh. I'm like, no, she's the first person that walked me onto the floor. Because I think there's a, tr a progression that all of us, like kind of my friends went through. We're running and we're doing boot camp. And so, yeah, boot camp in the park. And then the classes at the gym. Um, and then kickboxing. And I promise you that it, then we all kind of migrated to the floor. It was kind of like lifting weights became kind of the cool thing to do. And it wasn't so scary. What was it that made you want to push it to that, to that next level? And what was that next level for you? Um, I ended up performing in or competing in two bodybuilding competitions in 2016. That was not initially, initially when I started lifting, I always said, I will never compete. I said over and over and over again, I will never do a show. I will never compete. It's not for me. Um, I think initially when I got into it and I started to see my shape change, uh, my shoulders rounding or, you know, the curviness in the hips. Cause really when you start to lift, you just, you get shapely and I liked it. And I got addicted to the feeling that you can kind of sculpt or create the shape that you want just by lifting weights. So I became obsessive. And at this point in time, I'm, you know, going through my certification program and learning how to lift and, you know, what muscle groups and how to train them. And so it was kind of like, oh, my goodness, it was the one thing maybe that I could control if I really have to like okay. pinpoint it. It was like I can look however I want, kind of, you know, Okay. and my body's okay. responding. So I wanted more. <laughs> So you mentioned going from the floor to going to competing. <laughs> yes. Kind of, kind of give everybody an understanding of what that what that means because we we see these these pictures, these images. What is the commitment level when you decide to be in a competition, and what types of things do you change in your life in order for that to happen? You change everything. <laughs> Okay, you, other you make than a change everything. <laughs> no, I know that's so broad, but really it's true. Um, you commit to, if you're tired, if you don't feel good, you are doing your cardio, you are doing your weight training, you are measuring your food. Things become a little more dialed in. It's not just, okay, I'm going to make better food choices. It is meal timing and certain amounts of different foods and, you know, tweaking the uh, ratios of your foods. Like if your muscles are too full or, you know what I mean? If you're looking too watery, it, it's really like dialing into the science of how much of what macronutrient you need and when and how much cardio and changing your lifting scheme. Um, my lower body is big always. And so my upper body, I gain, I shape or gain muscle really easily. And so I always love my upper body long before I love my lower body. So it really is tweaking to the point of do this much cardio, but not too much that you lose your muscle. It really is like a science and, and, and a huge commitment because it means the rest of your life is kind of based around it. Um, I know my shows, I was training during the summer and so taking trips and being with friends and I have a girlfriend who always laughs, like I'm eating sushi and you're eating out of a Tupperware container because you can't, you know, you reach a point when you can't just eat whatever you want. You have to, again, be on a timed, planned type of diet. So how did you balance between, I mean, it sounds like a really, really heavy commitment to, to going to the stage. How, how did, how did you handle that along with the boys? And I mean, how, how did that, how did that affect all of your relationships in general? 
Um, I think it was hard. I really, at the time, I wasn't really telling anyone that I was doing it. I wasn't 100% sure. I had just started the process of my divorce. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things like I wanted to prove to myself that I didn't need anyone and that I could do something without anyone's permission. Because um, initially, you know, when I started to kind of opening up and, and building friendships, I sought a lot of advice and I wasn't sure, you know, I really think I lost sight of who I was and what I could and couldn't do. So this was kind of my deep, dark secret, something I wanted to do to prove to my kids that if you set a goal, you can do it. Nothing's too hard. Um, and to also kind of say, I can do whatever I want. Like I wanted to, I was starting to take back my power, my inner strength. And so I wanted an outward expression of that. So for me, it was, I think I was being driven by wanting to prove that I could do something without help or permission. I mean, obviously I had an amazing coach. Um, I trained with Scott Turner, um, team fat boy, but that's an interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> He's an amazing coach. I mean, he knows his stuff, but, but as far as like, I don't need the, the help of friends. I don't need my husband at the time. I don't need his permission. It was something I could do. And my boys were really supportive. Um, maybe because of their age. Uh, I mean, I've always had a close relationship with both of them and we've always talked openly and honestly and, they were kind of proud of me. My oldest, I think, was embarrassed, but my youngest was so proud. So they, they supported me. They understood. I have to do cardio. I have to go to the gym first, and, and then we can do, you know, whatever you want to do after. Um, yeah, they were, they were on board. And, and I think because they were older, it helped because they weren't, they didn't have quite the same needs as maybe younger kiddos do. So they were kind of on my team. <laughs> so, Dre, as you were just mentioning, um, the time... You, you spent with your sons and how they were, for the most part, supportive of everything that was going on. How how have things changed? Because I'm assuming you didn't just finish your your comp your last competition yesterday. What has changed between the competition then and where you are today? And and how how have the boys grown with you in that? It's a good question. Um, Today, I have a lot less structure in my diet <laughs> and in my exercise routine. And I think like with anything, you change and you grow. And as you change and grow, you have different priorities. Um, my kids, I think being a single mom now um, and working and trying to balance schedules, they take priority in my free time. So I want to look a certain way. Um but it's not my focus. My focus now is I want to maintain my health and set good examples for them. Um, but if I have an hour free and they're free, it wouldn't be, oh my goodness, I have to go to the gym. It would be, what can I do with my kids? So maybe we hike, maybe we take a walk, um, maybe we go throw the football at the park, or maybe we sit around and eat junk food. But What? <laughs> I know. What? I know, I know. Oh. It just changes. Um I don't know. Like some, I think when I was in the competing mindset, I, I was for once in my life, maybe a little more selfish and I had put my kids and my marriage and everything first. And so it was kind of my time to put me first. Okay. And now I'm in a place where they come first again. So, um, it's just finding that balance, teaching them and showing them that it's important to make healthy food choices. It's important to exercise and take good care of your body. Um, but it's also important to have balance and to enjoy the moments and to not be so rigid with it. So just I think I'm more concerned with teaching them how to make it a lifestyle. Um, so I could see maybe my youngest one day competing because he's all about muscles and, and he calls them by name. It's really funny when he's like my quad or my this or my <laughs> But um, I just want them to be healthy. I have a lot of health issues in my side of the family as well as in their dad's side. So I just want them to be proactive and, and make health important. 
but not in an obsessive type of way. So, Okay. So you'd mentioned a little bit, a bit ago about when you decided to compete, you went ahead and, and hired a coach. And I think it's very important that, that we realize that we can only learn so much on our own and definitely bringing on a coach. But what was, what was one of those times of that breaking point or that particular item where you just, you, you were like, you know what, I can't go any further and I need help. Right. That's a really good question. And it's funny because um, he always made me feel good because when I first met with him, he's like, you look amazing. But I didn't really understand the science of, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing what I know. I'm doing the workouts the way I know them. And my upper body, I was so happy with it, but my lower body just wasn't um, getting as, as sculpted or as cut. And I didn't understand like different training methods or different, you know, strategies or how to kind of lay off the upper, you know, without losing the muscle because it gets soft. So I didn't understand the balance as well as he did. He'd worked with the body types and he jokes about how my body split at the waist. You know, I, I, <laughs> my lower body is very, very resistant to training. And a lot of times I'll get bigger before I get smaller and, and that was scary. So really it's like, help me fix my legs and my booty. How do I, how do I shape them? How do I sculpt them? And, and I realized cause my legs were getting huge and my upper body was very defined. Like I had great arms, great shoulders, great abs, and that's where it stopped. So <laughs> it looked like I worked out from the waist up, even though I was training my legs like crazy. And so I think that's when I realized I, I don't know how to do anything besides this. Like, you know, there was, there wasn't any change. Nothing was changing. So. I know it's such a science and, and I think even coaches need coaches, right? At certain points when you're tired and <laughs> you're like, what do I do? I mean, you, there's always something to learn from somebody. And I think that's the important thing for all of us to know. I mean, you learn through experience and I lacked it. So, so going through that whole process and, and even today with, um, being a single mother and two boys and, you know, training multiple clients, all crazy hours a day. I, I know I'm one of those those folks that when when I have a trainer, I'm like, hey, can you meet like at four thirty in the morning? <laughs> and then you have that one client on the same day who's like, can you meet at seven thirty at night? And you're like, or nine at night? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so with that, how do you when you start to feel stressed out or uh, let me let me not use that word. Um, when overwhelm starts to kick in, when you feel like you're you're not going to be able to live up to to all the things that that you've committed yourself to, all the promises you've made to yourself, what things do you do to to regain that that clarity and that focus and and eliminate that overwhelm? I have to disconnect. And I didn't understand that at first because it was kind of almost like, like you said, like a stressed out, I can't take anymore. Um, I always joke that I'm an introverted extrovert. I have to just, my phone goes off, my TV goes off, quiet. So I guess you could say meditate. Um, there was a period when I was really big into yoga. Yoga was amazing. Um, reading. I love to read or listen to podcasts. So I really just shut the world out and I'll take a day where maybe I don't leave the house and it's just me like working on me. Um, because I, I do think, especially I'm programmed to give, give, give. And then there does reach a point when I feel like I'm lacking or I'm missing. So I really will just say, you know what, if it's an hour, if it's two hours, if it's a whole day, it's just me. 
so I guess I still have those selfish tendencies. <laughs> I protect my, I have to protect myself. So I isolate a little bit, go inside and kind of regroup. No, that's, that's a good tactic. I, it's interesting as, as listening and talking to a number of folks, just kind of understanding their method of, of pressing that mental reset button um, has, has been really interesting and, and your method is not uncommon. Um, and it's, it, it's really nice to see the different ways that, that people are doing that. So with that mental reset, and I know this, the question I normally ask folks is, you know, belief, behavior, or habit that has drastically changed your life in the last three years. And we'd already talked about it quite a bit. I mean, it, <laughs> it really, really was the dive into fitness because you've, you've been in focused on fitness for, I mean, really, really focused on fitness for what, two, maybe three years? Probably longer. I would say, well, probably five or six years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, really, really heavy into it. So then I do get to ask the question. Uh oh, okay. <laughs> so the question that I like to ask, belief, behavior, or habit that has drastically changed your life in the last three to four years? Hmm. Okay. It um, seems you said fitness is five years old. You can't count is, that I one. know. I can't. No. Well, okay. Um, and it can be tied to it, but you, you can't use the general overall fitness as, <laughs> as your item. I do have a, a, a belief in God. I have uh, my faith. So that's kind of my go-to. And I think like anything else, it goes in waves. Maybe sometimes when you're near and far. Um, recently I've been a lot closer just listening to sermons, um, and just believing that I was created for a specific purpose, that my story is my story. Um, and I went through everything I have gone through to help somebody else, which is kind of makes me mad and makes me feel empowered at the same time. Cause I'm like, how come someone else can't just go through it and help me? <laughs> um, but I really think like through journaling and really just kind of owning my stuff and realizing that. Every single thing I'm experiencing is, it kind of makes me who I am. And sometimes I feel like it makes me, um, I don't want to say, I, I don't know. Like sometimes I do feel kind of proud of it. I mean, life has not been easy and there's been a ton of stuff. And so instead of saying, why me? It's like, hey, it's kind of cool. Like I have a lot of stuff and I can help a range of people because of it. So I find clients or people at the gym or even people in my neighborhood who have things. I'm like, oh my goodness, guess what? Yeah, I've been there, done that. And talking through it, it, it makes me feel pretty awesome, actually, I guess, because I believe that I have a purpose and I have a story and there's a reason behind it. So I kind of believe in, in that and that gets me through. With that being said, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, you dive into faith and that's something that's important to you. And you've been listening to podcasts and sermons. And when you do your recharging, you did say you read. So kind of give us an idea of what, what is, what are the types of things that you use to recharge? Is it, is it mindless, mindless stuff to read or is it stuff to, to help you just Again, like I said, do that mental reset. and It's tough to help me dig in and grow. Um, right now, I'm actually reading The Search for Significance. Um, again, just talking about, you know, realizing why we're here and why we go through what we do and, and kind of um, not looking to other people for 
you know, validation of who we are, kind of going within. Um, I read books, safe people, um, how to be a badass, you know, <laughs> making money. Okay. Didn't, so it, it, didn't it, expect that it, one, but it all, right. I know. I love <laughs> it all kind of relates to kind of wherever I am in life and what I'm going through, but a lot of Brene Brown books, um, really kind of self-help. I think things just to kind of recharge battlefield of the mind by Joyce Meyer. So I don't do mindless. I typically try to do based on what I'm feeling or where I'm at. I'm always looking for some kind of book that'll kind of help me make better choices. So in you life. just blasted out three books. <laughs> Maybe my faves. <laughs> okay. So out of those three, which one do you think is, is something that you feel like you'll either have been going back to multiple times or you will, or that has made the biggest impact mm. for, for where you're at? Probably Battlefield of the Mind. And that is one that I've read a couple times um, because it really does just talk about a lot of our battles are in our head. So it's kind of getting out of your head, getting over yourself and just kind of like moving on. Like, you know, don't sit around and cry about it. Just change it. Move on. You know, if you figure out how to change it and get past it and, and just kind of, again, owning your stuff and healing and, and getting stronger instead of getting bitter. So if you were to choose and this this is going to sound a bit like an oxymoron but if you had your favorite failure or setback that helped you really grow as a person what would it be oh my goodness really <laughs> Well, I said favorite. Do you have a favorite failure? <laughs> well, the, so so I, I guess the way that I look at it is if somebody said to you, Drea, at what point did you think you weren't going to be able to go on anymore after blank happened, but then you figured out that that didn't matter, what would that be? Hmm. So without sounding insulting, because every, you know, every experience has its good and bad, I would probably say my divorce just because it's, the, okay. it's fresh. Um, because I came from a family, my parents are still married. I'm not going to say they have the greatest marriage, but I came from the background and so did my ex-husband. You get married and you're married no matter what you just work through. Um, so it did isolate me a little bit from family um, and being out here. Friendships changed and ended because I no longer had things in common with people who kind of had that same belief. And you do get judged. Um, and I hadn't worked in so many years. It was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to put this together? Will my kids be okay? Will they be normal? Are they going to, you know, start getting in trouble and flunking out of school? And I'm still in the midst of it. So I don't know if you could say, you know, it's a failure that that was a turning point. But I learned so much about who I am and what I'm capable of. And so I feel like I kind of picked myself up and started over. And I have amazing kids on honor roll and excelling. And I do feel like I'm juggling a lot. And I'm pretty proud of that. So so I'm going to – it's interesting that you you chose that. And I'm, you can tell me to stop. <laughs> okay, keep going. But, but I, I want to ask, why do, why do you consider that a failure? I think because maybe – I was taught to believe, you know, you get married and you stay married. And so it feels like, oops, I couldn't make it work. Oops, it didn't work. Even though I know it wasn't supposed to work. If that sounds, if that's okay to say, it of wasn't supposed it to work. It, it wasn't good. And so, I mean, getting the courage to 
say I don't know anybody, have anybody, and I don't know where to start, but I'm going to start. So that, that I, I guess I would I would change that positioning just a little bit and, and call that more of a setback. Okay. More it's so, so weird because you see yeah. like the, the programming, like I think just being raised to be like, well, you failed. You failed that your, your marriage failed. You know what I mean? That's what you hear. How does it feel to have a failed marriage? So it is like, yeah. Yeah. It is a setback. You're right. It's not a failure because it was something that wasn't right and it's better now. And you, <laughs> so, so if yeah. it wasn't working and you fixed it, that isn't yeah. really a failure. That's a learning experience. Right. Okay. So we can talk about my failed attempts at, at losing weight. How about that? <laughs> well, isn't that <laughs> what got you here? Every failed experience in losing weight. Yeah. Taught me more, taught me different methods, taught me different strategies, um, taught me resilience. And yeah, gave me the ability to, to help people who feel when they have setbacks, I know what they're feeling. I know what they're experiencing. I know when you're starting out with so much weight to lose and you want to be at the end, you know, and I had to learn one day at a time, one victory at a time, one, you know, set physical goals instead of looking at, you know, where I want to be and, and focus on that. So yeah, I think that's my favorite failure because I have failed time and time again and and, you know, even now, like I said, trying to learn after being on stage and seeing, you know, what my body was capable of and then trying to find, you know, working backwards, what's a normal, maintainable, healthy walking around all the time weight and, and learning to accept that. So I failed at that because I went back to the old mindset of maybe I'll just do cardio and lose a little bit of this muscle because I have too much and okay, now I'm too soft. Let's get back to lifting. So I think it's always like maybe trial and error, fail and fail and fix, fail and readjust. I don't know. <laughs> Adapt and overcome. There you go. I like that. Adapt and overcome. I'm stealing it. Sorry. That, that, Adapt and overcome. That, that's, that's, an old, that's a military thing for me. So, like so that's that, one though. thing that we always used I'm to say. Stealing it. Every time something didn't go as planned, we adapted and we overcome. Okay. So I that's like. the whole purpose behind that one. That's where I got that from. I like it. Thank you. So as you mentioned that, um, you know, the consistent work towards, um, or the continual adapt and overcome that you go through trying to figure out what's best for you, what's best for your body. How do you keep yourself in a mental place where, where you, you're happy with, with the way you feel and the way you look, but you're not going extreme into the, into the getting ready to get onto the stage and prepping for the stage. What would you say to those folks that are like, well, that's all good and well because, you know, she she had the strength to go and, you know, she obviously just woke up every single morning like ready to go to the gym. What would you say would be like the first step for somebody that's like they wake up and they're like, I know I need to go to the gym, but I really don't feel like it. I'm just tired. I want to get some more sleep. What is that first step for them? that they could take to get them even closer to making it more of a repeatable habit for them? Um, as cliche as it sounds, it has to maybe be planned, scheduled, something that, you know, if you can't do it first thing in the morning, then do it in the evening, do it in the afternoon. Um, I'm tired sometimes, so I used to be first thing in the morning before anything else, and then I realized lunch hour works better. So now it's lunch hour, but it's planned. And so there are days when I'll text someone, what time are you going to the gym? you know, maybe enlist the help of a buddy, but I would say plan it. It has to be maybe on a calendar written down, um, just something that is not negotiable. So I would say maybe just, just, um, 
scheduling it. I don't know, depending on what that looks like for some people. For me, I'm a, I have a planner and it has to be written in my planner my entire day, what it looks like. And I check it off as I go. So just depending on how people best work mentally towards something, you know, put it in your phone, set a timer. Um, but I think you have to also reach that point because I think if you're not there and it's not important, I mean, the feeling of motivation, everyone's like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get in that outfit. I want to look this certain way, but that goes away for every single one of us. So it has to be a commitment that you hold yourself to. So I've decided, I'm just give. I want to give an example. So I've, I've decided that, and, and you can even tell me if this has happened to you too. So, <laughs> so I've decided the night before I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the gym. So I lay my clothes out. I get it all there. I set the alarm for an hour earlier than I normally would get up so I can go to the gym. I get up, I put on my clothes and I go, Ugh. do I need to push myself to a point where I go and I work out even, even though I'm not feeling like it Are there, how do I, how do I break through that, that feeling of, I just really don't want to do this, but I know I need to. Right. So what I say, you know, I, I do feel that way. And so what I say to myself and I even say to clients, gauge it because maybe there is a day when your body is just saying, Hey, you know what? Not today. And so what have you done in the days leading up? Have you hit your workouts? Have you been on plan? You know, are you in an event that's stressful? Like, is there a reason why maybe, you know, you should miss today? Cause sometimes our body will tell us I'm tired. I'm broken down. Not today. But if you look at the days prior and you're like, I haven't really been working out. My workouts haven't been really good. I've been all over the place. Then go. Tell yourself I'm going to go. I'm going to give myself 10 minutes. Go get on the treadmill warm up. If I'm not feeling it in 10 minutes, you know, then then reevaluate from there. Because usually for me and for most people, once you get there and you get started, like you can commit to 10 minutes. I'll do 10 minutes. Once you've done the 10 minutes, you're like, you know what? I have like 30 more minutes. I might as well just do it. I'm here. I made it here. So just tell yourself I'm going to go. I'm just going to do 10 minutes on the treadmill. And then if I still don't feel like it, then I'll reevaluate then. And that's usually when I get a text, like, you know what? I still don't want to, but I'm like, but you're there. So just go, go do it. Like, and text me when you're done. So again, if there's, I think support is the biggest thing. If you're not working with a trainer, if you have someone in your family, you can say, Hey, if I text you and say, I'm not feeling it, push me, you know, don't say, Oh, it's okay. Don't do it. Cause I think so many of us have those people that are like, Oh, then don't, but you maybe enlist someone and say, Hey, you are my, you have to do it but I would say 10 minutes, um, unless there really is a reason because there are those days, you know, when your body just says no and you need to kind of listen to it. And so if you've been on it and working your plan and doing what you should and you're feeling under the weather, sometimes your body is right and it does need to be a day off. So have you ever been one of those people that goes all the way to the gym? <laughs> You, you're you're an Instagram follower, so you already know this. <laughs> you already know the answer to okay. this, Ted. <laughs> so yes. for those who don't follow you, on the days yes. you go to the gym <laughs> and you don't feel like it, but you're already there, do you ever Ooh. just sit in the car for like thirty minutes, and scroll or Instagram? Longer? Yeah, I think I have a post that talks about forty minutes in the car, ten minutes in the locker room. <laughs> yes, yes. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for those folks that struggle, um, something that you and I have talked about in the past has been it, at least make the effort to get to the gym. I mean, you mentioned the 10 minutes on the treadmill, but 
I, I know that you and I talked about it, but getting getting you physically out of the house. Um, you know, I, I had a interview with another gentleman who was had panic attacks just thinking about leaving the house. Um, you know, and he went through his own process, but one of the things he, that we've talked about was I, I, I always find it funny um, because I found myself doing it for other things as well. But just going and and making yourself in that location to really to reset that. And maybe that's all you can do for that day. Right. And that is enough. And there are days like that. Absolutely. For all of us where and it's so common. And it's funny because there are times when I walk in the gym and I'm like, I've been here for like 30 minutes just hanging out in my car trying to get in the mindset. And people are like, yeah, me too. It is common. You know, the weather changes. We've had a hard day, you know, depending on what time it is, how you're feeling. Yeah. But I would say just go. Just go. And then if you can go and then next time you can get out of the car, great. Or, you know, go in and then try to figure out what it is. You know, maybe a dress because I've had those days too. Like, what is it? Am I just tired? Am I overwhelmed? Am I, you know, worried about something? Like, what is it that's keeping, you know, because I'm here. So again, yeah, just making the effort and just getting there because it does get easier. I think when you kind of just learn to force yourself through those feelings. So I think it's interesting how you just brought up something that um, I really hadn't thought about before, but it was the doing a bit of a retrospective to, you know, after a couple of times of not feeling it, maybe stepping back and, and looking and, and being a little bit introspective and, and saying, why am I not feeling this? Uh, how, when, when you have clients that, that are just not feeling it and they're not, they're not putting in hundred percent effort and we all know, Hey, everybody, they know when we're not putting in the effort, <laughs> don't even try and pretend. Yeah. But, but so how, how do you, how do you help them through that, that process when they, when they start, when they have that self-limiting belief, how do you, how do you help them through that? Honestly and truthfully, sometimes it is just backtracking. Um, there are days, you know, when someone's like, you know, I just don't feel this and okay, let's go outside. Let's take a walk. Like let's, you know, even here in the studio, you know, sometimes I'll have, I'm just not feeling this today. Okay, cool. What is it? Cause sometimes the gym is crowded or sometimes there's really fit people in there, you know, in here that are intimidating. Let's go outside, let's walk, let's talk. So just always trying to get to the root of what is it? You know, what are you afraid of? What are you feeling? What? And you know what? So we just took a walk. So now we're still moving and that's enough for today. So just meeting them where they are, helping them address what it is that's going on and kind of working around it. Because a lot of times, like you said, it is a belief and, and it's crazy how fast something will trigger, you know, something internal that we don't even know. And it can be something as simple as, well, there's like people in here that look like they're more fit than me and I don't want to work out around them. Okay, well, we can go outside. Like, you know, we don't have to be in here. We don't have to do weights. Like workouts look different and it can be whatever you feel. I'd like to close out the show with giving the folks either one or maybe three items. Let's do three ones moving in the right direction. All right. Because, you know, I always like those much better. (laughs) Um, Decide what you want and make it realistic. So that would be the goal phase. What is it that you're trying to accomplish? What is, I mean, a lot of times people are like, I just, I want to look a certain way for a certain thing. Okay. But then after that event's over, how do you want to look? Like, what is your long term? What are you hoping for? Write it out. Um, This is what I want to do. Because on those days when you don't feel like doing it, you want to go back and remember why it is you're even doing it to begin with. So write out your why, your goal. Put it somewhere where you can look at it, access it, put it in your phone, wherever. This is the why. 
this is the how small steps. So I would say start small, um, focus on, you know, what's your plan? Do I need help? Am I going to enlist a trainer? Can I do it myself? So research, like, what do I need to do to get closer to here? What foods do I need to eat? What foods do I need to eliminate? Um, how, so why, how, and then what? If you don't have a gym membership, if you don't want to join a gym, if you just want to cycle around your neighborhood, like, what am I going to do? So I think it all kind of goes together, but why do you want to do it? How can you do it? And then what do I need in order to do it? So I'm visual, so everything has to be written out. So Writing it out is something that is, a, is also another yet common theme. Uh, I think the tactile approach to actually physically putting it down does something to the way that we think and, and the way that we act on things. So writing it down does not surprise me. So write down why. What, what, is, what is the end goal? Right. Right. Because so many times it's just a, a quick, you know, there's a wedding coming up. I'm going on a trip, my birthday, my this, my that. And so it's like, okay, so I don't think if the why is, is big enough, the motivation or the desire to, to do it won't be either. So long-term. Okay. So you want to look good for this event, but do you want to look good all the time? Like why? Why do you want to do this? Why is it important? How, how am I going to do it? What's needed? What are the steps? So, and I think for me, that was kind of my starting point too. how, and I couldn't get my how. So I created my how I got certified because everyone I asked and everything I did was different. So how, what do I need to do? Am I training for a race? Okay. How far out is my race? How many weeks do I have? How many weeks do I have? If it's for an event, what do I want to do? Like, how do I want to do yoga? Do I want to run? Do I want to do kickboxing? Like, do I want to lift weights? How, how will I accomplish my why? Do I need to get a gym membership? Do I need to get a bike? Do I need to get, you know, what do I need to get? Do I need to get supplements? Do I need to clean out my refrigerator? What? Like, it's the moving step. Like, okay, now we're taking why, how, and, and now we're going to do it. So, which I write out too. Like, what am I going to eat? What am I going to not eat? What does the week look like then? What I wanted to do is, is uh, now just kind of let everybody know where can they find you and, and how can they reach you? Okay. Well, I train out of Northington Fitness in Gilbert. Um, the website is northingtonfitnessandnutrition.com. You can email me, Adrea, at northingtonfitnessandnutrition.com. I'm hearing Northington Fitness Northington, Northington, Northington. Yes. <laughs> you look it up and you'll find me. Um, or on Instagram, Fitness. I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my story. And oh, no, this has it, been fun. It's a, it's a really interesting story. And I think it's going to be able to help a lot of folks that are maybe going through some of the same things or have gone through it and are struggling to get onto the next day. I hope so. Thank you, Ted. Thanks, Ray. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our List. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting tedhuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.